Good morning, church family, everyone online, everyone here, friends and family of graduates. Would you guys congratulate our 2022? You guys have done such a great job preparing and finishing well, going through tests, and we commend you guys today, and we celebrate you today as you take on this new phase in life, this new season. Uh, there's really a lot that's going on, you know, when I think about graduations, and for me as a youth pastor, there's uh, kind of uh, an emotional attachment to some of our, some of our students because you guys have been here for as long as I've been here, I guess, for a couple of years, and that for me is those are some great semesters that we have shared together, and so uh, I, I have greater respect for y'all's parents for 18 years of putting up with uh, your kids and providing for them and giving them emotional stability and taking them to church and I know maybe sometimes it, you have to force them to go to church and, you know, nonchalantly they don't want to go, but you guys are foundational in this process, and so I thank you for that. You guys cheer up today. You, you are also part of this celebration. And as I think about, you know, being a parent for almost three months, just... <laughs> We love you, baby boy. Someday you'll see this video, perhaps, and I want to let you know that we love you. But I don't know. Like, we have a couple of twins in our youth that's graduating, and I can't imagine having two Ishmaels <laughs> right at the same time. And um, it, is, it is a lot of work, and um, sometimes there's an anxiety as well as encouragement when you're a new parent, and I'm experiencing that right now because... I'm trying to see if I am doing a good job. Am I doing what God has called me to do? You know, am I, or am I neglecting my, my child? And, and, and sometimes you just want to pick them up as soon as they cry. And, and uh, I guess we are at that season right now. And uh, sometimes he doesn't sleep. Um, the way that uh, we want him to be on schedule. But all of that, I think as I think about graduations, as you guys have done that for 18 years, there is this working together that God has accomplished in that familiar relationship, and I, and I commend you for that, and I have greater respect for you guys, parents, today. Um, and so, congratulations. And there, there, there's, a, there's so many uh, semesters where I can think of God speaking to me and to our students and uh, this is really, as I preached last year, this is foundational work. This is standing on solid ground. When we come together as a faith community and decide that we are going to do life the way God wants us to do it, that is solid ground that we are building together as a faith community. And so, for those of you who know, perhaps the youth already know this, but I was uh, growing up, trying to be a professional prize fighter, I was trying to be a boxer and um, went through different tournaments and fights and sometimes we would have fight camps and it was a great experience and sometimes it's a lot of work as well. We would just be exhausted. 
Um, there are times when you would prepare for a fight for a week, and that's not a lot of time, and you just have to be ready. Sometimes it's a month, and you have to be uh, just making sure that you are doing the rhythms and trainings. And why do I talk about all that? I think as my heart as pastor of youth here at New Life, as we think about the students graduating, moving on, taking on the adulthood phase, I think about their preparation. Have you prepared yourself for this journey? Have you prepared yourself well for the journey? So when the faith-challenging moments come to your door, that you are going to stand on solid ground. What does it mean to continue to follow Jesus when it's not easy? And so we're going to look at the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Colossian Church. A little bit about background about this Colossian Church is that it was... It is um, relatively smaller than the other ones. At this point, it was a young church that's still growing, that's still uh, trying to find its identity. Uh, And so Paul would give them instruction on how to handle uh, church relationship, how to view Christ, how to begin to walk worthy of the Lord. We're going to unpack that today. To walk worthy of the Lord. Are you walking in a matter, in the way in which God has called you? And so the question is, have you prepared well? Have you done your job? And so relatively young church in Colossians, perhaps as Paul was dealing with this, this was a response letter to uh, what he has heard about the church There was a report about it that it is a young church, it is growing, and also, as the church grows, how many of y'all know that it also has coming up challenges, some problems here and there, and Paul is going to deal with all of that. As a parent, as the pastor of pastors, you know, he is commending one of the uh, servant of the Lord here, Epaphras, one of the Uh, servants, one of the missionaries, elders of the church, as well as other leaders in the church. But in all of this, we we could presume at this point that what we know from the Colossian church is that it is relatively young and it needs parenting. And so thinking about the grads, thinking about the foundation, preparing them well. This is the context of the, the Colossian church. And so in verse 3, we're going to start there. Colossians 1, if you have your Bibles. Paul says this, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Keep going. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope reserved for you in heaven, you have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel. That has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has told us about your love in the Spirit. And so we see the connection between Paul and Epaphras. 
someone that he is mentoring, someone that has asked for his pastoral help in this church, in this congregation. And so as a young congregation, maybe as, as youth, as you are growing, as you look to the new future that you have, perhaps you might feel like you, you might be intimidated about the future. You might feel like perhaps new environments, insecurities, doubts about yourself, peer pressure. And remember that you are going to be making big decisions and that you need to have the foundation. And so they ask the question, we ask the question, have you prepared yourself well for this new phase? Have you built the connections that you need so that hopefully, as, as we try to do youth ministry here at New Life, it, it, it is part of our goal so that when you go through tough times, you can call us. You know who to call. Epaphras, a servant of the Lord, knew that the Apostle Paul was a seasoned minister, that, that he had the wisdom from God and that he was able to teach and guide. And, and that's why we have the letter of the Colossians here. And so one of these things, things that I want to leave with you is wisdom. Know who to call. That's what we see here. Also, we see Paul talking about this church and how in, on the church's behalf, the love of the Spirit is there. There's unity in the church and that, that is being preserved here. The love in the Spirit. Through the working of the servants of God, through the working unity of God's spirit and love in the church. And so that has to, as you move on from this uh, phase in your life, that has to keep happening. I hope that you would continue to call us, that you would write to us as you move on, as you go to your workplaces, college, universities, wherever God leads you. Later on, I'll be calling up the grads and we're going to give them a gift and this is part of the investment in the kingdom that we're doing in their lives. And so this is our goal, that we would have this connection, this pastoral uh, relationship, and, and that we would be united in love and spirit. We continue on. This is Paul's intercession. This is his prayer. This is pastoral um, prayer for this congregation, that they would continue to grow in their spiritual walk with God. Here's the challenge, though. I wanted to share this with you guys today because many of the youth that go to college, that go out um, as they hit the next phase, a lot of them are not ready for it. And a lot of people leave the faith. And I don't want this to be a you know, Debbie Downer sermon, but I, I want you to know the significance of why Paul wrote this letter and the challenges that we face today, that this is relevant for us today and for our students. Collegians for Christ uh, Campus Ministry has, has done uh, statistics on this, a survey. 
Research has revealed over the past few years this. Anywhere from 52 all the way up to 63% of freshmen who identify as born-again believer after four years of college will completely reject their faith. You have to wonder what they're learning at school. We don't have to wonder. We hear it every Sunday here about the warning about really the teachings that don't go line, uh, don't line up with God's word and his will. I mean, you just go to Facebook, just, just go to any other place that you can find and you can, you can really see what people are teaching our students today. But they don't have to lose their faith. A next slide. Approximately 11.7 million leave Christianity annually and most of them become irreligious. That's another survey done by a different organization, a more larger organization. And so what do we do about this? The question is, have you prepared yourself well? Not only well, but really accurately according to the will and the word of God. Verse 9, Paul's intercession his prayer for this church. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, showing in the knowledge of, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. Look at this. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Remember, students, that None of this faith works without really realizing where it came from. It says that God, the Father, enabled you to share in the inheritance in the light. So remember who you are. Don't forget where your faith comes from. Don't forget who you can rely on. Because if we can deal with sin ourselves, if we can deal with the darkness in the world ourselves without the power, without the working of God and his power and his presence, it's not going to work. This is why one of the reasons that many people leave the faith. They don't know this. They have not prepared well. They have not thought this through. And that is our prayer for you. Paul is dealing with a lot of things here. There is the pastoral concern for spiritual growth for them. He is thankful in verse 3 to 8 for God's work. That is recognized. We recognize that as your pastors, as parents here, as you students spend time with us doing Bible studies every week and going to youth and inviting your friends and really doing the things that God has called you to do at this point. And so we are 
trying to build an environment for you to continue building that faith. And so, just for a few more information on the background, Paul is dealing with a lot of things here. All throughout the letter, if you guys have the time to read it uh, this week, Paul's dealing with heresies, false teachings. And really, that's the main point. This, really, that's, the, that's, that's what we're dealing with when we're talking about the students leaving faith, them being indoctrinated in some places. That will not happen. Even if you'd go to a university that is secular, that won't happen if you have prepared yourself well. Well enough for the fight of faith. Well enough to stand on your ground that is Christ. As the song says, that on that we stand. And so don't think that just by hiding in a basement or somehow, you know, becoming a, perhaps a hermit or a monk and excluding yourself from the world would be the solution. No, I, I want to argue today that it is the power of God, the work of God that works in us that will enable us to continue to walk worthy of the Lord. And so as Paul deals with the different false teachings, you can categorize them all throughout the book uh, into four things. It is the legalism, the Jewish systems that made 600 plus laws to, to obey for people to, to somehow, you know, uh, be able to be perfect so that they can reach God and obey God. We know that we can't even follow 10 if we would really be honest today. And that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need Christ. He was dealing with humanistic ideologies. He was dealing with the Greek system that, you know, the philosophy of the day Smart people coming together and just figuring things out, and and somehow that 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 is what people held on to. And in the church, there were a group of people that Paul was dealing with, and subtly, quietly, they are converting people, and they are doing damage in the kingdom of God. And so we need to be aware. Grads, you need to be aware of these things. There are mysticisms, Eastern religions that is not based on anything really by the, but, but by the whims and preferences of people who want spirituality and not grounded on anything but the self. I mean, you will hear many of that today. And um, grads, be aware. There's false Christianity. In this church in Colossians, Paul was dealing with some of the nuances. Some people were really, as this young church continues to grow, some people were uh, spreading the false, false ideas about how to live as a Christian. How the church uh, functions together and how, how it all works out. Uh, if you heard the term 
antinomianism and a movement by a group of people that started, um, you know, in, in history and started out as a good uh, organization. Of course, later on it was corrupted because they were not aware. There is the grace of God new every morning and somehow, sometimes we get, you know, we get to these false ideas. And really the argument that I want to make today with this is that false teachings aren't really out there all the time, out, you know, from our church building, away from our homes, but sometimes it is close to our heart. We get tempted to think of, of things that aren't aligned with the will of God and the word of God. And so we just need to be aware. We need to be aware that the temptation is close. When there's sin in your life, when, when there are things that you know that God wants to change in your life, as a Christian community, as a family of believers, we help each other. We look at the word of God and we obey it together. I know sometimes it is hard. Sometimes we don't really want the confrontation. I mean, I know this from my job. Like, I just, I just want peace all the time. I, I want to be friends with everybody. But there are times when we need to confront sin and we need to deal with it so that we can walk in obedience. Going back to the idea today that we are to walk continually in the will and the ways of God. Walk worthy of the Lord. Because when we allow some things, some false teachings, some, some things in our heart to, to go against God's word, and we are not aware, there's two paths really that it creates. The path of obedience and the path of disobedience. And so the challenge is to deal with it together. That's why I want to emphasize the Spirit's work of love and unity in our midst, in our congregation, in our church, in our family. This past year, I've had to deal with some of the things in my own family. And, 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 and now, I, I can tell you that it was kind of awkward in the beginning. But when you go through that and obey Christ and really choose the path of obedience... I can now say that Christ is blessing and continuing to multiply the, 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 the things that he wants to do in our lives, the presence of Christ in us, walking worthy of the Lord continually. And so, grads, there will be some things that you need to deal with. As you go out of these doors, there are false teachings that you will encounter, what we need to do is confront them with the Word of God. And that's how we are going to win this battle. Going back to the question, have you pre prepared yourself well? Prepare yourself now. You know, when I was training in boxing, you were supposed to just be ready. Bend your knees 45 degrees this way, two feet apart, and be ready to jab and cross be ready all the time. Keep your hands up. This is how you win the battle. 
This is how you continue to follow Jesus. When we are looking at the future and we know that it's not going to be easy all the time. And so you have power. Remember that we are praying for you. That we are cheering you on. That we are looking forward for you to continue to obey Christ and you will be blessed in the process. The greatest blessing he gives us is his presence. And so we continue to grow and we continue to tackle every challenges that we face. You continue to walk in Christ. And when you choose the path of obedience, which I hope and pray that you guys will continue to do that this coming year, is that you will be ready and you will be blessed abundantly. Verse 10 to 11, to walk in the ways of Christ. Four traits of spiritual life. Here's, here's what, uh, what happens when you choose the path of obedience. I'll praise here so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. Keep going. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully. Keep going. Giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints, inheritance in the light. Keep going. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 10 to 11, we have the fruit, blessing, bearing fruit in every good work, every work that God is going to call you to do this year. Pray that you would choose the path of obedience, continuing to walk worthy of the Lord so that you will bear much fruit in everything that you do. That's what you want, graduates, in your studies, as you work. Growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Really, God's glory is amazing when you're able to experience that. And that is an invitation that we want for you guys to have. Is your shoulders won't give up when life begins to get hard. When your faith is challenged and things in your life doesn't look out, look up in the, in the way that you want it to, that you would have the glorious power, glorious, glorious might, so that we may have great endurance and patience. And in all this, we are full of joy when we experience God's presence here as we continue to walk with him, you will have gratefulness to the Father who provides all of these things. I'm going to call up the grads. I'm going to give you guys the word of God. These books, these Bibles um, are pretty expensive, so please be, take care of them and read them. And These are our investment in you guys and there's some names there that you guys will be, uh, you guys can grab your, your, your Bible there and receive it from Pastor Mike. We're going to bless you guys today as church congregation.
Some of you guys can stand there and, and there. That's fine. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> I still get it wrong sometimes, Pastor. Don't feel bad. These are the students that we have invested in for a couple of years. I could say this with a full heart. I thank God each time I remember you. Thank you. I mean, you guys allow me to have a job here, right? <laughs> but at the same time, it is such a blessing, you know. Some of these guys have served with us and in worship ministry and youth, and, and it's just been an incredible journey for the past few years that I've been here. And I say this at youth all the time. If if we do anything in life, if I do anything right in my life, it is that we've invested time and that we have made sure that these guys have what it takes, that they're ready to pounce and throw that jab and right cross when the hard times happen, but also prepare them to have a good life. Jesus promised that. In, in, in his word, that you will have abundant lives. Not based on what we want, but we, you know, have this promise to continue to trust him and that we have lined up our lives, our hearts with him, and we are able to have an abundant life. And so really, it is the purpose and the meaning that we have, you know, and we give you today from God and all together exalting Christ. I want to read the reason why I believe that you guys will be anchored in Christ. And read this. Meditate on this, the truth of who Jesus is. Some people have ideas about who Christ is, and some think he's a prophet, some think he's a moral teacher. But let me tell you today, he is more than that. He is all that you need. He is supreme. He is Christ, crucified, bodily resurrected, divine being, 100% human, 100% God. And he was the one who was able to take us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. He is the only one, no one else. And so the, really, when you go through tough times, I want, I want you guys to center on Christ. Continue to center on Christ. Verse 15, it says this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that we might come to have first place in everything, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once we were alienated and hostile in our minds, expressed in our evil expressions. But now he has reconciled us 
by his physical body through his death. To present you holy, faultless, blameless before him. Hear this, students. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel that has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. Focus on Christ. I pray that you would continue to do that as you leave us, as you go out into the world. Worship team, would you come up and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray. We're going to pray uh, for you guys. Yeah, this is Jay. This is Emma, Kiana, Alexis, Destiny, I have to make sure, Kale, and Jay. All right. Or Joe. Joe, another twins. Okay. Church family, would you extend a hand of blessing to these students? Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to gather together today and celebrate our graduates. Thank you that you have filled them with your knowledge and that we have had the time together to build their faith, focus on you, and really realize who we are in you. I hope that they would remember that, that they would remember who they are and whose they are, and they would look back at this time, a time when we came together as faith community and focused on our Lord, our Savior. May you be filled with spiritual understanding, wisdom and power, favor from God from here on out. Continue to walk worthy of the Lord to the power of Christ Jesus in the presence of his spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.